0: Um let's talk a little bit about Jesus. Uh this week we you know we've been walking through uh, a series called Gospel and it's all about the good news of Jesus. We're focusing on the good news, news of Jesus. This week begins on page 34. So if you have a journal, you can flip open right now to page 34. Uh the gospel we've been talking about is the good news. It's this this declaration, this proclamation, but it's actually the life of Jesus. So the good news in one word is Jesus. It's simply Jesus. And then the good news in three words, we've been saying this each and every week, is this, this statement, this declaration that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the leader of my life. He's the king of God's kingdom. And making this statement, Jesus is Lord, changes everything for us. It, it reframes the world around who Jesus is and the promises of Jesus. So we begin to ask the question as we talk, as we talk about the gospel, like why Jesus? Why was Jesus necessary? And it's this beautiful picture of, rather than us trying to get to God or reach God, it's, it's this beautiful picture of God coming to us. And Jesus, in the flesh and blood, Jesus showed us God's love. If, if you wanna know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. If you wanna know how God loves, you look at Jesus who willingly gave up his life for all of us. That, that's a picture of, of true love, of unfailing love. So he came to show us God's love. He came to, as we talked about last week, save us from sin. Sin is anything in our hearts and minds that separate us, separates us from God or separates us from one another. Anything that we do to someone else is almost like we're, we're doing that to God. So there's this separation. There's actions in our life. There's thoughts that we have that literally, they separate us from one another. They separate us from God. And so what Jesus accomplished on the cross actually reconciles all those things Back to God. It puts us in this friendship with God. Uh, we are adopted into God's family through what Christ did. He saves us from that, that separation, that sin in our lives. Today we're going to talk about this, this third one. And it's Jesus came to set up God's kingdom, which is a whole new way of living. He came to set up God's kingdom. And then next week we'll talk about the idea that He He came to shut down religion, which I love that thought too. So we'll, we'll get there next week. But let's talk about God's kingdom um, for just a few minutes. God's kingdom. Um, When I was a kid, there were two games that my brothers loved to play, and I think they loved them because I was terrible at these two games, and they were so much better than I was. The first game was Monopoly. You guys know the game Monopoly. (laughs) And the whole idea of Monopoly is to buy properties, to build this little kingdom that others have to pay when they land on your properties, to build up this wealth and this idea that I have a kingdom that I rule over. So Monopoly was one of them. I always lost or I always got Tired of the game and quit, and they won one way or the other. The second game I played was Risk. Do you guys remember the game Risk? Yeah, it is. Not a ton of people know the game Risk, but but there's some of us who remember the game Risk. Risk was a game where you tried to build your kingdom by moving into other uh, nations or, or boundary markers, and and you would build this huge kingdom, and you would eventually take over the world. Well, my brothers would take over the world. I never. I don't think I ever won. The game of risk but my brothers would take over the world we understand in our world the idea of boundaries we understand countries and and these boundary markers that that keep some people out and keep other people in and what's been interesting during this time of of the spreading of the virus is we've closed borders of our countries but a virus knows no borders you know if you don't close your borders quick enough a virus can get in, and once it's in, it's in. Boundaries can't keep that kind of thing out. Uh, A virus knows no boundary, no physical boundary. And I was thinking this week that that's God's kingdom. God's kingdom knows no physical boundaries. Like, God's kingdom is so much bigger than a a portion of land Mm -hmm. uh, marked by some boundaries. And when Jesus comes and and he launches this this idea of a kingdom— He's moving our thinking beyond just boundaries, like, like this is my country. Even for the children of Israel, the Jews who had a, a promised land that they were trying to, to restore, the idea for Jesus was, was the kingdom. God's kingdom doesn't operate within just boundaries. It's, it's about a realm of relationships, the way that you relate to God and the, the way that you relate to one another. So that's what God's kingdom is. It's this, this realm of relationships and it's marked by the sacrificial love of Jesus. It's a realm of relationships, the the way that we relate to God and the way that we relate to one another. And here's how the the kingdom begins. And and I think Jesus says this so many different times in his teaching. He talks about the kingdom all the time, but he he continues to say things like, the kingdom of God is within you. Maybe you've read this in in his teaching. The kingdom of God is within you. What does that mean, that the kingdom is, is within me? And he says the kingdom of God is, is among you. And so it's this idea of this relational reality. But the kingdom begins, where it begins, where it finds root, is it, it begins within our hearts and our minds. It, it doesn't begin by becoming a member of a certain boundaried specific space. It's, it's the relational reality. And so it begins in our hearts and our minds. And it's expressed through the ways that we relate to one another. And again it's not just relating to the people within our country or our state or our city or our church it, it's it's expressed in the ways that we relate to everyone and the ways that we choose to live our lives the idea of generosity is a kingdom idea that that it's not just about what i have or what i hold on to or what i share with my family it's this this idea that that i'm going to live out of overflow and what god blesses me with i'm going to bless others with that's just one simple idea concept. The same thing is true with grace. Like God gives us grace and as kingdom recipients of that grace. We share that with everyone. We come in contact with Jesus. Doesn't just say, forgive the people who forgive you. He's like, love your enemies, you know, forgive those who hurt you or who have sinned against you. And that, and that's the idea of the the kingdom. The kingdom always redirects us from some selfish ambition to protect ourselves to a uh, selfless, compassionate love, a sacrificial love for other people. That's the kingdom. So when when we say that Jesus came to set up a kingdom, he didn't come to set up a country. He didn't come to set up the promised land. He he came to reestablish relationships that change the way that we live, the, the rhythms of our lives and the way that we love, not just those who are around us, but those who are distant from us. So the kingdom of God is a relational reality. And Jesus talks about it all the time. In fact, many scholars would say it's his primary thing. It's his primary focus in all of his teaching. Um, and so I want to focus in on one that I think is really applicable in, in the world in which we live today, especially with what's going on. Now, I'm going to keep saying this. You guys are going to get tired of this. A few weeks ago, we were on the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> um, and and we, we tried to picture different things that Jesus was doing around the Sea of Galilee, and one of them was the Sermon on the Mount that Matthew really records at the beginning of his, of, of his gospel. So uh, we, were, we were on the Sea of Galilee, and if you can imagine Jesus and a, and a crowd of people on one of these hillsides, you can see a, a village off in the distance, a little city, but, but if you can imagine Jesus on the hillside with a bunch of people gathered around him, and he's talking about the kingdom and what the kingdom is and, and how we should live as part of the kingdom, this is found... In Matthew uh, chapter 5 6 and 7 and I want to look at Matthew chapter um, 6 right now beginning with with verse 25 and this is what Jesus says again I think so applicable to us today Jesus says that is why I tell you not to worry about your everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear now in the current setting like those are dangerous words right like most of us feel like we need to, to, to go store up things, to like grab as much as we can and to, and to put ourselves in a secure place. But Jesus says, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And then he gives us this picture. He says, look at the birds of the, of the, of the sky. They don't plant or harvest. They don't store up food in barns. They don't build barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. In other words, the birds trust that God is going to provide exactly what they need at the right time. And aren't you more more valuable, far more valuable to God than birds? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Now, this is a powerful question that Jesus asks. Like when we worry, when we are overcome by anxiety, Jesus is saying, Does that add anything to your life? Does that extend your life in any way? Does that add a certain day? No, no. He says, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? No. So he says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live in the right way. Live righteously. Do the right thing. And he will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So what does that mean, to seek the kingdom? So to replace the fear or the worry in our lives with kingdom thoughts. What what does that even mean? Well, if the kingdom of God is a relational reality, both with God and with one another, then what happens is we displace our fear or our worry or our anxiety with the people of God who God provides through. When we run out, God's people in the kingdom mindset are there to be able to step in and fill the gap when we might be missing something. So as an individual, I might say, when I am overcome with fear and when I'm overcome with anxiety, when I'm overcome with worry, I am gonna choose rather than living in that or sitting in that, I'm gonna choose faith and I'm gonna live love. I'm gonna express through my relationships this, this concept of sacrificial love. I'm gonna share with others when they need it. That's that's a kingdom thought. And I'm not gonna gather and worry and hold on to too much. I'm gonna share that with others. and. And I'm going to trust that God loves me and provides for me. And I'm going to fill my mind with these sorts of thoughts in days when it feels like there's no security. When we're not sure what tomorrow holds. We're not going to worry about tomorrow. We're going to, we're going to concentrate on today. We're going to trust God to provide all that we need. Now, um, I, I'm a super practical person. Like I, I could live at times in, in theology and thoughts like this. But I need some practical handles on what do I do when I'm when I'm overcome with fear? You know, I think one of the simple things we can do when we're overcome with fear is limit the news intake that we have each and every week. It's easy now when we're isolated at home just to continue watching the news feed. But we can we can be overcome with that and it can cause us just to sit in that worry and anxiety. And God doesn't want that for us. So here are just three super practical things that you can do when you're overcome with some fear and worry to lean into God's kingdom. Number one. You can remember that God is, is personally present with us through the Holy Spirit. You can lean into the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can listen, slow your mind down, turn off the TV, turn off the distractions, and you can listen for God's presence, and you can lean into his promises. We're going to be posting some of God's promises online uh, each week. And we want these to become uh, safety handles for you. When you're overcome with anxiety or fear or worry, that you take these promises of God. Look, the same God that provided for you in the past is the same God who will provide for you in the present, and he's the same God that will be there in the future. So when you're worried about that, you lean into the promises and the truth that God never fails us. So you lean into the personal presence of God, you learn into the promises of God, which are found throughout scripture. It's why it's so important for us to dig into his scripture. And to sit in that scripture the second thing is this the people of god who make up his kingdom and that's again not boundary markers it's not just churches it's it's across the world Um, we should have people that when we're overcome with worry or anxiety we don't isolate but rather we reach out and allow god's people to fill the gap of that worry um you know, when I when I'm overcome with fear or worry, you know, I might lean into Robin a little bit and say, "Gosh, I'm really scared about that." And she might say to me, "Why would you be scared about that?" Like, what's the worst-case scenario? Let's go ahead and walk that out in our minds and 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 realize that God is still present, he's still with us, and he's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful in the future. Like we need each other. I might lean into to Joe, who's one of my best friends in the world and say, "Joe, man, I'm really struggling with this anxiety because of this right now. I saw this on the news and I just can't get past it. And Joe might say, you know what, Matt? You can trust God in this moment, you know? And you can trust me. I'm here. And you can lean into my presence and my friendship. So, So God's kingdom helps us choose faith over fear in God's presence, his promises. In the people of God, we can lean into each other. That's why these house churches are also so important. And then the third thing that I would say is super practical is worship. We say every week that worship is about turning your heart and your mind toward God. And in midst of fear and worry and anxiety, worship is one of the best things that we can do. Uh-huh. And uh, we're putting together uh, a playlist. Uh, it's, it's out there on Spotify. And there are songs that we want you to listen to. There are songs that we've been listening to that provide some calm and some truth and reminders to us. And so worship becomes this redirect from the worry, the anxiety, the fear of the present circumstances back to God. Uh, we turn our hearts and our minds toward him. And we're reminded that we're not alone. He hasn't forgotten about us. He's not asleep at the wheel. He is here, he is present, and uh, he is with us in all things. So we wanna teach you a new song today. And we've been learning it as a team. And it's a great song. Um, and I wanna just give you the first couple lyrics before we sing it. Uh, it. It starts like this. Hope falling down like rain. Love that I, that I can't explain and peace that stills my soul. Jesus talked about the idea that when uh, when the Spirit comes and when the Spirit is a part of our lives, that there will be a peace that passes our understanding. Like when the circumstances seem unsurmountable, when the circumstances seem like we're going to be overcome, like it feels like the waves are going to crash over the boat of our lives, and um, Jesus says, no, no, there's going to be a presence, the Holy Spirit, and He's going to bring a peace that passes your understanding. Then the lyrics go on, light in the darkest place, life even in the pain, it feels like I'm coming home. There's just something about going home that provides this stability for us and the presence of God becomes that for us. So wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, right? Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And here's what I want you to know today, that wherever you are, that's where the spirit of the Lord is. You know, the Spirit of God doesn't reside in a temple in Jerusalem. Uh, Robin was sharing this just a few minutes ago with our team. She was saying when we were, uh, when we were at the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, which is kind of at the, uh, the base of the Temple of the Mount, and there's so many people who, uh, specifically the, the Jews, who are there because they feel like it's as close as they can get to God. And there's this reminder that God is He's everywhere. He's not just at the Western Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. And guess what, God isn't just found in the walls of church buildings around the United States or around whatever country you might be in, Canada, Mexico. I mean, God's presence, when when Christ uh, was crucified on the cross, God's presence was released in a new way. And I want you to know this, wherever you are, that's, that's where the Spirit of the Lord is. And in that place there is freedom and there is hope and there is peace as you lean into God's presence, as you as you trust God's people, and as you redirect your worry into praise and into prayer and into worship. So, Father God, this in, in these moments we we lean into your kingdom, which Jesus taught about so much, this, this realm of relationship. You are ever present with us. You bring a peace. You bring a hope. You bring a safety to us. So we lean into that. We turn our hearts and our minds towards you. We lean into God's people through our house churches. And we trust one another to fill the gap where maybe we're missing something. When we're overcome with fear, we reach out to our people and we encourage one another. We provide for one another. And, And most of all, God, we worship you. Your promises, which were reminded in song and in scripture, we worship you and uh, we take refuge in you and we find strength in you. And we thank you for the promises that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you are with us at all times because of Jesus. And this is good news for us, God. So, thank you for that good news in Jesus' name. Amen. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure, which makes it clear that this power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed each and every day for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us and in us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Now that's a great promise, a reminder that we are We're like clay jars, but God's presence is in us. His light shines in us and through us, and the clay jars that we are, even though we're pressed, we're not broken. We're not destroyed. Even though we fall down, we're not destroyed in any of that because God is with us, and we want to remind you of that today. You are in God's kingdom. When you you step in and you say, Jesus is Lord, you become a part of this relational realm that transcends boundary markers it's not just about his promised land or a certain country it's about God's people which are found across the globe so we want to challenge you in this week to to jump into your journal check in with the people who are in your house church let us know if you're feeling isolated if you need anything walk in the journal every single day we can get one to you if you need it there's the digital version and then live love when you're given the opportunity be a part of the kingdom redirect any selfish ambition or selfish desire, redirect it to be become selfish or selfless uh, and sacrificial love, just as Jesus lived with us. And let's be the church. Uh, maybe not the gathered church like we like to be and we love to be, but let's be the church. Let's be the church out there. Let's share the light and the love of God and let's see his kingdom expand in these moments in ways that we've never dreamed of. We love you, McDowell. We're so thankful for you. I love that I get the opportunity to be one of your pastors. And uh, if you need anything, we're here for you. We hope you have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.